We're beginning with the end of Daflamid Aleph. Today is Daflamid base of Terror. We're in Parshish Miketz. And the Maimur had just been discussing how there's so many levels of uh, energy that go lower and lower as it comes down, but that's all just uh, rain from Hashem and Hashem's really beyond. Now it continues that before Martin Torah, before the giving of the Torah, so then Hashem was just sustaining the world with his kindness without them having to do anything to deserve it. But now after the giving of the Torah, we have the power, we have a method that we can elicit that energy to keep the world going. And that is through our Torah mitzvahs and through the Torah mitzvahs, that's how uh, we refine the world and the mitzvahs. And the mitzvahs are therefore uh, our method to, to refine, to find those 288 sparks that are lost within the physical. And like we see this idea that when we eat and we have pleasure from, from that, so the food either comes from the earth or it comes from something that comes from the earth. So either we're eating uh, vegetables, fruit, etc., grain, or we're eating meat. And if we're eating meat, those animals ate from the earth. So it all comes from the earth. And similarly, even the higher worlds rely on the terimitsis that we do in this physical world, which is like the earth from which everything grows. Now, the Pasuk says in Mishlei, Salsala Batrema Mecca, Komet, and it will lift you up. What does this Pasuk mean? So Hasidus explains that it's referring to combing Torah, when we try to work out where each halacha applies in Torah, you have many different principles. And sometimes they can be at loggerheads. You have to explain that this applies over here and that applies over there. So that is the combing of Torah. And when we do that, then it lifts the person learning Torah. And that's because uh, Torah is, like we said before, it's Hashem's wonders and Hashem's thought because it's uh, something wondrous. It's uh, Hashem's desire, which is beyond all worlds. And that's what David meant when he said, How great are your works, Hashem? How deep are your thoughts? What do we mean when we say Hashem is great? So for Hashem's essence, we would have no idea. When Hashem gets involved and enlivens the world, then we see Hashem's greatness. So it's actually an act of humility when we see when we praise Hashem as being great. It's his going down in order to get involved. It's like, uh, let's say, a parent gets involved in uh, the child is building something with building blocks, uh, with Lego, and the child says, wow, you're so talented. So the parent had to get involved in something small in order to the child to say, wow, you're so talented. Uh, of course, that's not the, child, the parent's intention. But we say, my God, Hashem, only about Hashem getting involved in, in, in creation. And if that is the case, that one little drop of energy, which is essentially meaningless compared to Hashem, enlivens all the worlds, and certainly Hashem in himself, in his thought for himself. Thought is where you reveal yourself to yourself. Speech is where you reveal yourself to others. So in Hashem's thought, which is, his self-expression for himself, then it's certainly very deep. So when we learn Torah, we do mitzvahs, so then we connect to this uh, drop of uh, highest, this drop of vitality of uh, Hashem's light and life force, which, uh, which gives the world more than it would from the regular mode that it receives as part of creation. And that is what David was saying when he said that Torah is like songs. He's saying, this is so amazing. 
this is the real thing. It's the only thing that matters. And one drop of terror can give something beyond. It can enliven the entire world. And therefore, what else should we be involved in? What else should we care about and get excited about? But Tehran, that looks like songs. However, although he meant it as a compliment and he was so excited about Tehran, but still he missed out something integral. And that is that Tehran is not just about giving chayas to the world. It's not just about energizing the world and the fact that the whole world relies on Tehran. That's true, but that's not it. And really, Tehran has much more. Tehran is Hashem's thought for itself. And uh, like the Pasuk says, uh, that uh, Tehra is wondrous and it's not just our pleasure and, and something we're excited about. It's something that Hashem is excited about. In the marshal we gave before, let's say a parent would be building, uh, would you know, would be, uh, let's say uh, an, uh, the parent is uh, building a map of something or an architect who's drawing architectural pictures and um, the child might say, wow, you know, you, you you included so many colors or you made the line so straight or something like that. And really, there's a lot more depth happening here in the picture the parent's making. They don't even realize. So if, if you'd praise them just, oh, well, you made the lines very straight, that would actually be derogatory. It would be a sign that you don't get what's ha- really happening here. And, and that was the issue with David. So now... That's that. Now, why did David talk about this? Because David was in a difficult situation. He was being hunted and uh, he had enemies. The only way, how can he, uh, like Kabbalah says, sweeten the Gvuras? How can he sweeten the din uh, from his uh, enemies and his uh, opponents? It was through talking about how their highest, their energy, and the energy of the entire world and all worlds is all from one drop of Torah from Hashem. And that would nullify them completely because their whole chayas, their whole energy comes from Hashem. And one drop of Torah is uh, more than the entire world by itself. And this is also, this strategy of David is also what the Gemara means. We quoted a Gemara yesterday, which says that uh, when you have enemies, get up early and uh, stay late in the base Medrash and they'll just wither away. They'll disappear. So what does this mean? So Hashke means that, that you've, you, you're elevating beyond, that through Torah you're, you're elevating to the source of their highest of their energy and vitality, and therefore they wither away, they're like nothing, they can't disturb you. And then Vaharev and stay later means this uh, staying late and into the night being after them means to be humble. So through this mix of Torah, which is which a drop of Torah is like uh, greater than their their the enemy's whole uh, existence, the source of their existence, and then together with bitter with humility. So this uh, this is the two pronged strategy to take care of any uh, opposition and any problems. And then the bad just uh, falls away. Whatever is good is elevated and refined. Whatever is bad just falls away and turns to nothing. And uh, like Yeshaya says, that uh, that they'll be like nothing. They'll be destroyed. The people are quarreling with you. 
But although David meant well, and although David was in need of this, uh, he had to uh, link into the idea that Torah is the highest of all worlds, it enlightens all the worlds, but still, that's not it. And he should have noted that Torah is really not just our excitement and our pleasure, but it's Hashem's pleasure and what Hashem cares about for himself. Now we say that uh, yes, the Pasuk says in the, the in Tehillim, and we say in Davening, it's Kofmentes and Halukas. So the Yidin, the Jewish people, are happy. We rejoice in our Creator giving us this opportunity to connect to something beyond. And this removes any disturbance and any opposition because you're calling out, you're calling out the the opposition for what it truly is. It's truly just a result, something coming out of Hashem's light. But when a person is not conscious of this and uh, this, uh, how terror is the, the whole excitement and the whole uh, simple of the world's pleasure of the world's, so then we then we can get to a stage and where it's ne- a negative stage of Ahimike. So the parasha begins and it was at the end of two years meaning that he's ended this uh, sense of um, of a pleasure and excitement in Torah. And then when that happens, when he, he's not excited and uh, ha- rejoicing in Torah, so then Pari dreams. What does that mean? Pari means revelation of godliness. Although there's revelation of godliness, still he's dreaming that he gets excited when he davens, but it's only a sort of trace of that excitement. We, we mentioned before without explaining in, in uh, yesterday about the, how Torah has the letters. Then you have the uh, tagging, the crowns over the letters. Then the nakudas, the vowels, which are not written in the Torah at all. And then beyond that even is the time in the trap, the songs, the melody that you ha- of how to read the Torah. So now when you have this sort of a base excitement, but it doesn't really permeate you, so that's at the level of nakudas, the vows, because anything which is not clearly written into the Torah, the between the lines is deeper, is greater than what's actually written in the lines because it's sort of too great to come into the actual words. So the nakudas are even greater than the words, but there's still these points of connection, points of pleasure, whereas the time in the the, uh, the the songs, the melody that you read ter- with which you read Torah, so that is the highest level. So when it's n- not a re- when a person doesn't really take in that Torah is Hashem's pleasure, and 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 and, ter- and, and like we said also that Torah is the, ha- the energy of all worlds. So then he only has the uh, nakudas. But when he uh, really has a this uh, feeling, this sense of uh, delight and terror pleasures and, and connection to Hashem, uh, it just permeates him. So then that's the level of truck, of the, the melody of, of terror. Uh, so the, and of course, that's what we uh, want to, to achieve. Now the apostle uh, continues, what did Paris see in his dreams? There was these uh, cows, there's a Paris standing by the river, and he sees the seven cows. So seven cows refers to the seven midas, the seven emotions. Now we have our natural emotions, and uh, what we want is to align them, to bring them over, so that they should uh, they should uh, be totally 
aligned and uh, and reflective of the midas of the Nefshali Kiss. But but then sometimes what happens is that the seven fat cows get swallowed by the seven thin cows and they're not noticeable anymore. That uh, after davening, this feeling of excitement for Hashem and for Torah, it may dissipate and he doesn't have any more this uh, passionate ava of a year, this uh, love and reverence of Hashem. But if he reaches the level of the, the time in the trop, the melody mm-hmm. of the Torah, so then it will stay even afterwards. Uh, like the uh, Gemara says that if someone learns Torah at night, then he has a this chutz uh, chesed, this uh, pillar of, uh, of uh, grace over him during the day, that this, uh, this is a gift from Hashem, this uh, extra ava, this extra love, more than what the person uh, worked up through his own me- meditation and reflection. And uh, from there, uh, from there we, we get uh, beyond, uh, beyond the, uh, the, the problem of, the, uh, of the, the river and the seven skinny cows swallowing the seven fat cows because when it's, is really through and through, then the Midas always aligns with Kedusha. And this, this concludes the Mimer. So the in short, the uh, the fact that we're getting Mikate, the end, and uh, Pari's dreaming, and there's the seven thin cows, meaning the emo- emotions separated from Kedu- from holiness are swallowing the fat cows. It's all it's all because we don't realize and we don't in it doesn't totally permeate us. Uh, this these uh, twin ideas of first of all being so excited about Torah and excited about connection to Hashem, and together with the bit accompanying bittel uh, self nullification, and when the uh, this excitement is only superficial, then it can go away afterwards. Whereas when we really connect in a deep way, so then it doesn't go away even afterwards. This concludes the mimer. We will continue with now with the next mimer, which is the mimer about Hanukkah, and then even start a third mimer. So the next mimer uh, begins with Inyan Hanukkah. It doesn't begin with a quote. So the mimer asks, why with Hanukkah uh, did we do we commemorate it through uh, can- through candles, through lighting uh, lamps? With unlike let's say with Pesach or with uh, Purim, that there you have more physical ways of uh, commemorating it with Pesach, Matzah, and with Purim, and there's days of uh, feasting and uh, and rejoicing, because in Purim and Pesach, the problem was physical. With Purim, we were in in danger of annihilation. With Pesach, we were slaves, and therefore the commemoration is also more physical. On the other hand, Hanukkah, we were still in our land, we were still safe and healthy, as long as we accepted Greek culture. And the goal was only to fight against us a spiritual battle, to make us, like we say in Valonisim, to make us forget the Torah and, and uh, move us away from Hashem's chukim the, 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 that he desires. And therefore, the way to commemorate that is through something that although physical is the closest we have to spirituality that is the lights because the pasuk says in mitzvah that the mitzvah is like a lamp and terror is like light and then it continues with the uh path of life is uh is a uh, guiding rebuke 
So we need to explain this pasuk, and in particular, what is this path? It says the path of life is uh, is rebuke, is toichas, musar. What path could there be besides Torah mitzvahs that we already referred to in the beginning of the pasuk? So the concept is that ner, the lamp, a lamp is uh, called is so called because it's, it's it's something that holds fuel for a fire. Now let's talk about oil. So if you put fire into oil, the fire will get uh, will uh, go out. The oil will put it out. But if it's near oil and there's a wick which connects the fire to the oil, then it will burn. So this is uh, similar to a mitzvah, that the mitzvah is, is Hashem's will. But we have no idea. The mitzvah doesn't come with an explanation necessarily. We, we, we can't uh, grasp it. We can't really grasp it, but what we, what we can do is action it. And when we do that, so then the next stage is, so we've got ner mitzvah, and then terror ter is the actual light, uh, which uh, the, where, the, where, it, where the details are explained and revealed, and then we do understand. So let's talk about it practically in Avedis Hashem. So the Pasuk says, it talks about lighting the menorah in the base of English, and it says, because it says, when do you bring Kateris? So you bring it in the morning when they would uh, clear out, when they'd prepare the, the, uh, the lamps of the menorah. And then, when, when would they uh, bring Kateris in the evening? Uh, when they would light the when they would light the Manera. We, we referenced this pasuk in previous days. So we need, so why when we talk about uh, the uh, morning, it says when you uh, prepare the lamps, and others they would clear out the lamps, remove any ash and any leftover wick. So that's in the morning, whereas in the afternoon, it's uh, they'd bring the Kataris at the time of uh, once they uh, lit the Manaya. So the Jewish people, to explain this, the Jewish people are compared to a Manaya. The Jewish people have 600,000 styles, which are the 600,000 families that left Egypt. But then, or individuals or families, uh, but then we have... The, uh, the the Jewish people divided into smaller numbers, into 70, the 70 who came into Egypt, or to divide into even less, into seven. And these are the seven lamps that Aaron would light. Aaron was uh, one of the seven shepherds who would shepherd, shepherd the Jewish people and give us, sustain our uh, our faith and our, our spiritual connection. And he was he was the what's called the Shoshvina de Matunosa. When uh, when there's a wedding, there's the the one who brings the chasen to the wedding and brings the kala, the bride, to the wedding. So so the chasen in this case, the groom is Hashem, and the bride is the Jewish people. So you have Moshe, who is so to speak bringing Hashem to the Jewish people, but it's from Hashem's perspective. Whereas Aaron is more with the people, and he is like bringing the Jewish people to Hashem. So that's the job of Aaron, and therefore he lights our, our spiritual lamp to, that we should be excited with love to Hashem. And, and then we're able to f- f- fulfill the mitzvah of Valhafta, of loving Hashem, that we say in Shema, that we should have a true love of, of Hashem. Because a person is physical and mundane and doesn't necessarily relate to 
something spiritual and idea of, uh, and godly to have love of Hashem. It's very uh, abstract and difficult. So Hashem, so without Hashem's help, Hashem. Once we work on an ava on a love from our side, Hashem gifts us also with an ava from above. And this is the idea of the uh, lighting the manure in the in the evening and preparing the manure in the morning. It the, like the, the Gemara says similarly that uh, although we would that although Hashem would uh, send down a fire from above, but we had to light a fire by human endeavor. And what that means is that the person can reflect on ideas that he can relate to, which which can uh, give birth to a love of Hashem. Thinking about the world and uh, the uh, all all the different uh, the spiritual worlds and physical worlds and heavenly hosts and how everything is nullified before Hashem and uh, if and if so if so then then uh, then uh, if that's the only real thing then that's what's his what he's going to be excited for too that's that's the only sort of a path worth taking and therefore that that can engender an ava love of hashem this is all this is the real thing this is what i want to connect to then so we have uh, shema in Shema, the first pasuk is saying that there's only Hashem and that's it. Then we have the next pasuk, Bar Hashem, uh, which Bar Hashem is already once we we uh, are within the world and we notice uh, other, but even from there, acknowledge that really everything's Hashem. This is similar to what uh, we say, we say in Downing that Yachir Chelam Melech Meshuvah we say this is in the bracha barash Allah. We say we say a bracha thanking Hashem for the opportunity to praise Him and to connect Him, and we say first of all Hashem is Yachid. Hashem is alone. Now being alone, singular, is greater than being one. When you say one, there's the possibility of two, but Yachid is singular. It's like the only one uh, because it's that's at a state where there's totally nothing but Hashem. Whereas Echad is when we say. All, all these uh, seven heavens and earth, every and four directions, everything you see, it's real, all really Hashem. So that is the first level. And that's the truth that Hashem is Yachim. I wait, wait a sec. What about Chayelam? And what about the fact that we see that there's uh, energy, there's life force and light for the worlds to exist? That is from Melech. That is from Hashem's Malchus. Uh, that uh, Malchus, the last of the ten spheres, is what allows other to exist. And Meshubach uh, and Fayar, Adi we say that Hashem is uh, praised uh, uh, forever, his, his great name, meaning that the praise uh, for Hashem is infinite. You can keep on going level to level uh, because he, he, uh, because all we're talking about is Shmei Hagadol. We're talking about Hashem's name. In other words, the ray, the light from Hashem. But Hashem's essence is beyond all this. And is Yachid, like we said before. And therefore, the fact that we can praise Hashem, that itself is because of a humility of Hashem that he descends to get involved into our experience, into worlds, and to create another. 
and like it says that uh, that that where you see Hashem's greatness, that's where you see His humility. That is even caring to get involved. Uh, and like we say about Hashem in Hallel, in uh, which is quoted from Tehillim, Kofit Gimel, that um, that Hashem is really totally beyond Hashem. But then we say, but He descends in order to look to care for what's going on in the heavens and earth. That this is all an act of humility, and all all that Hashem does, Hashem supports us and cares for us, is all an act of humility, and therefore. When a person considers all the the uh, spiritual stages that have to happen in order to get to our physical world, all the different worlds, you see Hashem's humility in all of that because Hashem's really beyond. So he'll get this through really reflecting on this. So then he can, uh, the person can get excited and inflamed with love of Hashem that he just wants to jump out. He just wants to go beyond and just be one with the real thing with Hashem. Like it says until him, Mili that who is in the heaven and I don't want to be just with you on earth. I, I, in other words, I don't want with you. I want actual you. Uh, that, that we all we want, that uh, we can get to a stage where all we want is Hashem. And this is uh, what we what uh, we're trying to reach when we say when we say in Shema that you should love you shall love Hashem your God. Ava love also is related to the word Ava. Ava means to want to desire. And uh, and uh, what we when we love Hashem, what we we're, it's a desire to cleave, a desire to come close. Now, when a person does his best to develop and engender these uh, feelings, so then he'll be gifted with a, a sense of love of Ava from Hashem, according to what what his uh, Nisham can take, and, and sorry, and beyond uh, what his beyond what his Nisham can can take. So in other words, he first does the most he can according to his style Nisham, and then Hashem gives him something beyond that, and this is uh, gifted to him. Uh, via Aaron, the Kohen Gadol, who is trying to light our neshamas. Vahafta, Yishalav, is twice, is the gematria of Vahafta is twice Ur. So Ur, light, is uh, 207, and uh, Vahafta is 414. And this process is called behative to, to um, make good the lamps of the menorah. Meaning that we're gifted this goodness from Hashem, uh, that we work on our ava, our love from below, and then Hashem gives us this love from from above. Um, but the truth is, even what we give, even our own endeavor, that's also something beyond us. It's very hard, and uh, this it also requires a gift from a uh, gift and help from Hashem, and this is the fir- the first step that. In the morning, yes, in the morning after we create our own ava, our own love, then Hashem is native. He makes it nice. He gives us even more. But what about the original love? So that too, in the afternoon, Aaron would help the love go up. He would light the menorah, meaning he would help awaken, give us the strength to awaken this love. And that's why it was lit in the uh, afternoon as it's coming towards night in the time of darkness where there's not, no air yet, there's no light yet, there's no Ava yet. But in the morning, morning is the time of Avraham, the time of Chesed, the time of love. 
Like it says that Avram woke up early in the morning. Avram's connected to morning. That's a time where there's already love. And therefore, all we need is for Hashem to expand on it and gift us something even beyond. So how do we connect to this? How do we let Aaron help us both create to create the initial love to Hashem and then gift us with a deeper love even beyond? So this is through Torah mitzvahs because mitzvah is the lamp. And mitzvah, like we started off at the beginning of the Maimur, is beyond our understanding. All we can know is what we have to do. Yes, sir. And uh, the mitzvah only surrounds us in a way of makif with uh, just humility and kabbalah so. And uh, that's the idea of us in return that we do Hashem's will, even if we don't understand it, because that was the command. But even if we don't grasp the king, but we are holding onto the king through a mitzvah. And therefore... We, 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 we get if we're getting to hug the king, so then that, that, that is then we're connecting and we're getting Hashem's chais in a very deep way because every one of the positive mitzvahs there are 248 positive mitzvahs, and each one reflects one of Hashem's limbs. And therefore, with each mitzvah, we're hugging, we're holding on to, we're connecting to one of Hashem's uh, limbs, so to speak, and uh, and therefore it brings Hashem's oneness into the world. Okay, so in short, Menorah and Hanukkah is about lighting the uh, love of Hashem. And the first step is uh, helping us engender our own love. And then the second step is where Hashem gifts us with a deeper love and, and we, we connect to this and allow Aaron to help us reach this through our Torah and mitzvahs, although with mitzvahs we don't quite understand, but we're still connecting, and then with Torah we're trying to take it in, internalize it, uh, but pnimius in an inner, in an inner way. So, the finally with uh, Hanukkah, it's a spiritual victory, and therefore a time of special ava and ava vashem. New mimer. This is the uh, final column of the second side of Lamed Base. So the Gemara says that our rabbis taught the mitzvah of Hanukkah is, and it talks about how we uh, the best way is if you light on the first night one, the second night two, etc., till eight nights on the eighth day. That's according to Beisilah. What about according to Beishamah? You go the other way around. The first night eight, the second night seven, going all the way to on the last night, the eighth night, you light one, uh, one lamp. And the reason of Beishamai is because just as with the, the bulls that were brought as uh, sacrifices on Sukkot, every day there was one less than the previous day, so similarly with Hanukkah. Whereas Beishel will say, you have to always add in holiness, and therefore each day we have to do one more than the previous day. So the question many Mepharshim ask is how does the bulls of Sukkot relate to the lamp, the Hanukkah Menorah. Why should we go down, according to Beishamai, with the Menorah, 8765, etc., because we do that with the Karbanas of Sukkot? So let's again discuss, like we said in the previous Maimur, that Ner Mitzvah Terer, that the Mitzvah is like a lamp and Terer is uh, like light. Now the Neshama is also compared to a lamp. It says Ner Avayanish Masadam. This is uh, because this is because uh, mitzvahs are 
the levushim, they're the garments for the neshama. So therefore the ner is both the mitzvah and the neshama because the mitzvah is what uh, the neshama can use as garments because when it's having its uh, its uh, pleasure from connecting and understanding Hashem and Gan Eden, so that understanding, that revelation can be too powerful for the neshama. And therefore it needs to have garments. There are two main levels of Ganadin. Ganadin Elyon, the higher Ganadin, and Ganadin Atachtin, the lower Ganadin. The higher one is in the world of Bria, with the perspective and, and sense of godliness that there is in Bria. And the lower Ganadin is in Yitzira, the world of formation. But if we want to uh, get into it in a more detailed way, there's thousands and millions of different levels in Ganadin and Tzadikim keep on going up. And uh, at each stage, they understand and and connect and take in uh, Hashem's Hashem and and Hashem's light more than the previous level, and that's why, like we said before, there's the Nahar Dinur, that uh, river of fire that the Nishama goes through when it's passing between levels. It forgets the perspective of the previous level so that it can take in and assume the uh, perspective of the new uh, level where it's going to, and. The, each uh, each uh, tzaddik is. It says that every tzaddik is nichve mechupasa shechaveri gets uh, singed, gets burned from the uh, canopy over the next tzaddik, and that's because each tzaddik has a different understanding and uh, uh, revelation of Hashem that he receives, and and each one has a certain advantage over the next, and therefore each tzaddik is singed from the uh, canopy of the rays of, of shvina which uh, shines to that tzaddik. Now in uh, we say that holy ones praise you every day. Who are these holy ones? These are the Neshamas in Ganadin, and uh, they eternally praise Hashem because every moment and every day they're going up level to new level and always connecting to Hashem in a deeper way. And therefore, it's more worth it to go to Gehenna in order to afterwards be able to go to Ganadin than to miss out on both. Why? Uh, because and, and we see this actually with Acher. Acher was a, a Talmudic scholar, teacher of Rabbi Meir, and then he uh, went off. And uh, after he passed away, there was a question about what to do with him in the heavenly court. They said, well, we can't put him in Ganeiden. He, he uh, went off the derech. We can't uh, put him in Gehenna. He learned so much Torah. Rabbi Meir, his student, said better for that he should be judged and punishing Gehenim in order that he should afterwards be able to come to Ganadin. Now, because all the din, all the severity is worth it in order to, to afterwards receive that great pleasure that the Neshama uh, receives from understanding of Hashem. We see that even with physical pleasures, there's so many different types and there's no limit to all the different pleasures a person can have. So, so the idea of physical pleasures is that they evolve from spiritual pleasures. And therefore, with spiritual pleasures too, there's no limit to how many and uh, levels there are each time connecting Tashem in a deeper way. Now, because the Neshama is limited, it's not able to grasp this uh, revelation unless it has a garment which protects it. It serves as a screen to protect it that the light shouldn't be overpowering. Just like we can't look at a powerful light without something blocking the intensity of the light. 
and some, the same thing is with the neshama that it needs the garments, like it, like the, the pasuk says, mashal um, kadmoni, like like the kashayoma uh, mashal kadmoni, that the uh, original mashal, the original uh, parable is that is the uh, Torah in the sense that it it's it's Hashem's will, but it keeps on going through different levels until we're able to take it in. And uh, that is uh, like that is the function that, that the help that mitzvahs give to the neshama that they're the garments that allow the neshama to enjoy, to enjoy Hashem's light. For example, we've got the mitzvahs of uh, tzitzis or sukkah, and they're physical mitzvahs, uh, but in them is Hashem's deepest uh, deepest uh, light and true self. Now we see that on one hand, it it. When he talks about heaven and earth, it says heaven first, then earth. Like we see the first pasuk in the Torah, "Brachis baralakim eshemayim esaret." So heaven is first. On the other hand, afterwards in Parshas Brachis, it says, On the day that Hashem made the earth and heaven, with earth before heaven. So the uh, the Gemara answers that one is talking about practically, the other is talking about. In Machshava. So, although practically the heaven is higher because there's more revelation of godliness there, but in concept, in thought, Eretz is really higher. Earth is really higher. Top of Lam and Gimel will continue to the end of the paragraph. And so, so in, the, the reason is, like we say in Lachadadi, that that the end of action really is the first thing that comes up in thought, because the end of action, the most physical levels, it it receives from save of energy, and like we said, that the Hashem's will is uh, is is uh, has uh, six hundred twenty applications, uh, and therefore the six hundred twenty uh, pillars of light, and when when we uh, do mitzvahs, we link into those. And therefore, the mitzvahs are able to serve as uh, garments to allow the neshama to the soul to have pleasure from Hashem's light without just being subsumed and, and disappearing. And the difference between food and uh, garments are that food has to be taken in in an internal way, but garments they surround the person, and they and they're able to therefore protect the person and shield on the person. Similarly, the mitzvahs they also they surround us. They're beyond. We don't quite get them, but they're able to shield us and let us take in Hashem's light without it being too much for us. And and therefore, through mitzvahs, so then the 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 neshama can uh, the the mitzvahs are are like the skull which is beyond the brain. The brain is what we understand. The skull surrounds it and it it's connects to rot and to will and desire, which is beyond intellect. And through these mitzvahs, uh, we're able to uh, take in Hashem's light incarnated. And uh, and uh, because they actually, the mitzvahs are so high, that's why they come down so low. So what we've been explaining so far, we haven't in this third moment, we haven't got back to Hanukkah, but talking about how the mitzvahs are uh, the garments of the neshama that allow it to take in Hashem's light, which is really 
too much for us. And that's because the mitzvahs connect to this makif energy, this energy which surrounds. It's something beyond, we don't quite get, but it, it surrounds and protects and allows us to then incarnate and take in Hashem's light, uh, which is a pneumistic light, a, a inner light, a mamali light, but uh, take it in in a way that doesn't subsume us. Thank you.